Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of Friday Fire. It is episode number 36, Friday, October 8th, 2021. And I am really, really glad that you are with us. I'm Sam, the small business surgeon. And man, ever since we started this podcast late last year, this has just been more and more fun. Um, I'm stepping more into the uh, consulting role as a small business surgeon. I'm really loving it. So uh, today, I'm not going to plug anything. I'm not going to ask you for any reviews. Uh, You'll do those of your own volition. I'm just going to get on with the message because it's a really critical one. Um, On my Friday fires, you know, I like to talk about stuff that's come up during uh, the week. And um, this week, I really want to touch on your family and your family of choice and the fact that who you surround yourself with will literally determine everything that you achieve in life. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement now, you know, but I really wanted to talk openly about this with you guys today because of just how much I've seen it in action over the last week. Um, you know, the people that are your closest friends will either help make you or break you. And what I'm trying to let you know here is that no matter how good you are or how good you're trying to be, you will always always, always become the average of your surroundings, uh, the average of the people you do life with. And the lesson is that sometimes you have to leave people behind you if you're going to get where you want to go. Um, You can't take everybody with you. And it's a really sobering thought, actually, especially for me. Um, So I just want to break down my reasoning behind this. in life, we've got there's two kinds of families, right? And I'm going to talk about both of them. The, the first is the family of birth, and the second is the family of choice. So your family of birth, that should be a fairly obvious one. You know, it's your mum, it's your dad, your siblings, um, aunts and uncles, cousins, grandparents, maybe if you've still got those, uh, probably a dog, you know, who knows. And, man, I was extremely blessed by my family of birth, Um you know, there's four of us uh, kids. So I've got I've got uh, two sisters and a brother, and we're all we're all relatively successful. Um, we grew up really really poor in the country, um, surrounded by farms, surrounded by woods, and you know there was just not a lot of money, but there was a lot of happiness. Um, my parents were supportive and loving. For I was. I wrote in my notes for the whole time, but the majority of the time, I can still remember getting my uh, my ass whooped when I needed it, um, and I did need it. <laughs> but no, I had, a, I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood, wonderful upbringing, uh, and I didn't really know we were poor until I got to high school and started seeing, you know, some of the bigger kids with a lot more money and stuff. But um, you know, I've, I've I've come to find out much, much later in life that a happy childhood and a, a, a relatively happy, secure, loving family is a rarity. Um, a lot of you guys have families that are assholes, And I didn't know that. So I'm sorry. Sorry you had to, uh, you had to, to, to do that. That's, you know, it makes me feel very, very happy that my parents were able to give me that, but very sad that 
realistically, the rest of the world's not like that. A lot of blood families are not good people. And what I learned is that like, a lot of you have families that are at best, at very best, agents of average. You see, for every great thing that you accomplish, right, there's this thing in the world, it's called the force of average. Um, it's, it's the same as, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Um, for everything good that you do, for every step ahead that you take, somebody's gonna come and try and pull you back. And oftentimes, that's your family. Um, they'll come at you, you know, they'll mock your plans. How, how many of you have, have told your family that, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna quit my job, I'm gonna launch a business? How many of you got laughed at for that shit, right? Oh, I'm gonna lose weight, not only am I gonna lose weight, but I'm gonna become a personal trainer and then I'm gonna become a fitness model. Who shut down those plans? Was it your friends or was it your family? I'm gonna write a book about life and I'm gonna help people with their problems. Who calls you out on that? I bet it was your family, wasn't it? Somebody said, you don't know shit about that. What do you think you're gonna do? How, how are you gonna launch a business? Immediately start to shit on your plans because they're agents of average. And they'll shoot you down every time. You know, they'll call you a snob for paying somebody $60 to mow your yard. When in reality, the business decision of, of paying someone to mow a yard, right? Here's how it breaks down. Let's say you make $60 an hour at work. Or let's say you make $100 an hour, I don't care. What's your yard guy cost? Probably 60 bucks a mow. And yeah, it takes him 30, 45 minutes, but he's fast and he's good. And there, there might be two of them. One of them running around with a weed eater, one of them with a ride-on mower. When you mow your own yard, it might take you the same task that took that yard guy 45 minutes. It might take you three hours, realistically, by the time you put gas in the mower, you mow, you weed eat, you blow, you try to get the weed eater started, you can't. Yeah, you're looking at two or three hours on a Saturday. And when you make $60 an hour, spending two or three hours of your time mowing a yard makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And you know that. And yet your family will call you a snob. Like... Oh, well, he's too good for us. Look at Mr. High and Mighty with his, with his yard guy. It must be nice. Fuck, the number of times I've heard must be nice from people that don't know me. But if you're hearing it from your family, you know, the, the, the shit is real, man. It, it gets worse, too. No matter how fucked up the situation, you know, man, I swear, Grandpa's going to show up one day and shoot your fucking dog for barking too loud. And all your family will tell you is, well, well that's just how grandpa is. You, you've got to respect your elders. And, you know, I know that's, that's probably a little extreme, to be fair. But a lot of you are stuck in a cycle of showing loyalty to literal fucking psychopaths. Because at some point in time, there was a blood connection between you somewhere. And what I want to let you know today is that you don't have to tolerate people just because you had a vagina or two in common with them somewhere along the lines of your genetic history. If your blood family, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your granddad, your brothers and sisters, if they're not bringing you joy, happiness, peace, love, and you know all the support that a normal family would, well then shouldn't it be okay for you to find that somewhere else?
it's okay to get rid of them and move on. Loyalty to to the, these kind of people is hurting you far more in the long term than the short term pain of ripping off the band aid and being like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not coming to Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> but never mind. You know these guys they they cause stress, they suck away your joy, they shape your opinions, and they shape your future all with their negativity. And you've got to stop and ask yourself, how many relationships have you lost by being loyal to blood family? How many life opportunities, how many career opportunities by being loyal to people that don't really deserve your loyalty? Because, all right, why don't they deserve your loyalty? As entrepreneurs and business owners and, and people that want to really get ahead in life, we operate by core values. And if people don't have the same core values as you, and they don't align with you, then they're not a good fit to work with, and they're not a good fit to do business with. And having a family that isn't loyal to you and is not alignment with your core values and how you want to live, it's just the same as employees that don't fit your core values. If they don't fit your core values, they don't belong in your company. And if a client doesn't fit your core values, they're not the best fit for you to work with and you don't work with that client. So if we can apply the same principle that we take to our business, to our actual circle, and say, look, you are in my circle because we have a blood relation, but you don't align with my core values. So I'm sorry. You don't get any of my time. And time is your most precious commodity. Why would you give your time to a customer that didn't align? Why would you give your time to an employee that didn't align? And here you are giving your time to a family that doesn't align with your core values. And look, it's we're just we're a little bit different, us people. We're a little bit fucking weird. You know, as entrepreneurs, we grab it by the throat and we go for it. We jump off the cliff and we build the airplane on the way down. And they know it. And it scares them. And like crabs in a bucket, when they see you climb, they're going to do everything to drag you back down. And you're the only one with the power to change this. And the biggest rebuttal I get against this is, well, what about the holidays? I'll still have to see them at Thanksgiving. I'll still have to see them at Christmas. And my answer to that is, you know, let me ask you this. Is it better to surround yourself with two or three or four people that really genuinely love you and have something to bring to the table and you guys have a, a small celebration of Thanksgiving and or you have a small Christmas with a few gifts and, you know, you're surrounded by love? Or is it better to have a massive gathering, all the family come over, presents everywhere, food everywhere, it's a bunch of people you don't like, a bunch of people that don't share your core values, a bunch of people that drink too much, you know, they don't have any beliefs or anything in common with you. But they're my family. They're my blood. Well, yeah, but I'm here to let you know that it's okay to back off on that shit. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be here at Thanksgiving this year. Or I'm going to be there at Thanksgiving this year. Or I'm going to do Thanksgiving with these people this year. That's okay. You know, you've got to look at it that it's better to surround yourself with fewer people that align than it is to have a family that doesn't align. I mean, I certainly know which I prefer. All right, let's look at your friends. 
right? Let's look at the people you hang out with. Because ultimately, what you're going to do is build a family of choice. You're going to build the people that you want to do life with and you're going to surround yourself with them. But if you haven't done that work yet, the chances are your friends are people you went to school with, still, people you work with, or people you met in the pub. Maybe you've got a few things in common, but these are the people you're choosing to do life with. And you can't always make changes in your blood family, but you can make changes to that family of choice much easier. So the best, the best example I could come up with this that would resonate with you all is um, The Simpsons, right? Let's look at Homer, and he goes to Moe's pub, and he drinks with Barney and Lenny and Bruce. I think those are their names. <laughs> That's going from memory. It's been a while since I've watched The Simpsons. But to make the analogy there, why he's surrounded himself with his friends from work that go to the bar every night, that have no ambition, that stagger out the bar and drive home drunk. And what is Homer? Homer's a guy that goes to work every day, that comes home, that has no ambition, and that goes to the bar and gets drunk every night. Why does he do that? Because he's surrounding himself with the type of people that do that, and he's not aiming to do any better. Let's look at Mr. Burns. Does Mr. Burns ever go into Moe's Tavern? I don't know, but I would be willing to bet that Mr. Barnes, the business owner and entrepreneur, is more likely hanging out at the country club with other business owners and entrepreneurs. You see, success breeds success. And by being around people that are more successful than you, and by being around people that have walk that path already and that can help you down it and help you along it and can support you, right? Being around people that share your core values. They don't have to be successful, but they have to share the same core values as you. They have to want the same things out of you and you have to be going on a similar journey in life because the people you surround yourself with, your family of choice it's far more important than you think. So this week, do me a favor and take a little inventory of the people that you are allowing into your life and that you are spending your most precious resource on, which is time. Because not only are they taking your time, they're affecting your future. They're affecting whether or not you're gonna be successful. They're affecting the relationships that you're gonna be able to have and you need to fix the people that you allow into your life. You need to start attracting people that align with the goals that you have and putting together a family of choice that can work towards a future that looks successful. You've got to start letting go of people that are bringing you down. Your family of choice is far more important than you think.